This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 107 of the Catholic Foodie, Will You Be My Valentine? Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today is Valentine's Day, or as it is often known by small humans, Valentine's Day. What a better way to celebrate Valentine's Day here at the Catholic Foodie than by spreading some love around. To do that, I'm going to share with you some of the great things that other folks are doing in the Catholic media realm. I'm excited to invite my good friend and great Catholic musician Justin Combs on the show today. He's one half of the band called the Jacob's Well Experience, and I want to thank him up front for allowing me to play some of his music on the show. Sarah Reinhardt joins us as well, right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right, Sarah is going to join us, and she will talk to us today in her Mary in the Kitchen segment about why she now loves Valentine's Day. So very good. I want to take a moment to thank Dane Faulkner and his team at DivineOffice.org for sponsoring the Catholic Foodie. You may remember a few episodes back that I mentioned a contest that was being hosted by About.com. It's the Reader's Choice Awards for 2011. When I first made that announcement, About.com had just launched the nomination period. They were looking for the best of the best in the Catholic world online. And you may remember that I asked you, and and maybe not too humbly, to nominate the Catholic foodie in one or two of those categories. I also asked you to nominate DivineOffice.org for Best Catholic iPhone App and Best Catholic iPad App. Well, the nomination period is over, and DivineOffice.org is a finalist in four categories, not just those two, but four categories, Best Catholic Website, Best Catholic iPhone App, Best Catholic iPad App, and Best Catholic Podcast. And the voting, folks, has begun. So the nomination period is over and voting has begun. How does this work? Well, the way this works is that you can go to about.com to vote every day until the end of the voting period, which is at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on March 8th of this year. Now, I want to encourage you to take a couple of minutes out of your day between now and March 8th to vote for DivineOffice.org and those four categories. Now, you can go to DivineOffice.org to get the direct link to uh, the the specific pages on About.com where you would vote. Uh, They have a, a link on Divine Office's uh, website, divineoffice.org, a link in the right-hand side, the upper right-hand corner of the screen, you'll see a link that'll take you directly to those voting pages. Now, why is this important? This is important because About.com has a huge user base, huge user base. They, they draw tons of traffic to their website, all the different parts, because you know, About.com is pretty much about everything. And there's a Catholicism section, and that's what we're talking about right here. But they draw tons of traffic to their site every day. And this is an opportunity to promote the beauty, the depth, the richness of our Catholic prayer experience. And in doing so, we're actually able not only to give, I guess, a recognition to an ancient tradition, but we're able to build up a real network of prayer today that is impacting the lives of thousands of people. If you don't know much about what DivineOffice.org offers, I encourage you to please go visit the website, DivineOffice.org. And in addition to the iPhone, the iPad apps, you know, that I've talked about on the show before, they also provide the Liturgy of the Hours in both text and audio formats on the website. 
And the audio, by the way, is beautifully produced, and it can be accessed both at divineoffice.org on the site, but also via their podcast feed, uh, which you can find on iTunes. But also there's a link just to the RSS feed there on divineoffice.org. So you don't have to have an iPod. You don't have to have iTunes. You can still subscribe to this if you have a different MP3 player. You can still subscribe to that podcast and listen to it on your MP3 playing device. So uh, please do help me out in promoting this living community of prayer. Visit divineoffice.org today and follow their link to about.com, the, the, the reader the Reader's Choice Awards, and please do cast your vote today. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your help, and thanks again to divineoffice.org. Decisions that I make take me far from you Help me to turn around and focus on what is true What is true I know it's worth it I know I'll try And even though I'm weak I'll stand up for what is right What is right Well, today is Valentine's Day. Isn't that amazing? Time is just flying. We're in 2011, and it's like time Time just doesn't, it doesn't stand still, does it? Unless, of course, maybe you're on an island somewhere in the South Pacific. Uh, the island that they base that TV series on, Lost, if you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, today is Valentine's Day, the day of romance, dinners, and chocolate, believe it or not. A lot of chocolate consumed today, a lot of chocolate bought for this day. Uh, it's a day that used to be listed as a feast day on the official Roman Catholic calendar. Uh, it still is, actually, in the, the old calendar, or what they call uh, the, the Roman calendar for the extraordinary form of the Mass in Latin, which they still have today. Uh, it's still listed as St. Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's, right? A feast day. But uh, today... In the new calendar, it is not. Uh, St. Valentine has been um, uh, overthrown. <laughs> they took over. Uh, by, he was taken over by St. Saints Cyril and Methodius. Uh, so St. Valentine we don't hear a whole lot about. We're going to talk about him just for a minute, though, because we wonder, you know, who is this mysterious saint? You know, was he chubby? Did he have, like, wings? Did he used to dress like a baby? Was he fond of archery? I mean, what, what is this, you know? What, what is it? It's probably not that. Uh, instead of warm and fuzzy notions of love that St. Valentine's or that Valentine's Day tends to spark in us today, St. Valentine's life slaps us in the face with the hard reality that love hurts. That's right. Love is hard, and oftentimes love is a decision. You know, there are not many Valentine's Day cards that come with that message printed on them. So I took a gander over at Catholic.org to find out a little bit more about St. Valentine. Who is this saint, and what is he all about? And this is what I found. The origin of St. Valentine and how many St. Valentines there were remains a mystery. One opinion is that he was a Roman martyred for refusing to give up his Christian faith. Other historians hold that St. Valentine was a temple priest 
jailed for defiance during the reign of Claudius. Whoever he was, Valentine really existed because archaeologists have unearthed a Roman catacomb and an ancient church dedicated to St. Valentine. In 496 AD, Pope Gelasius marked February 14th as a celebration in honor of his martyrdom. The first representation of St. Valentine appeared in the Nuremberg Chronicle, a great illustrated book printed in 1493. Uh, Alongside a woodcut portrait of him, the text states that Valentine was a Roman priest martyred during the reign of Claudius the Goth, or Claudius II, since he was caught marrying Christian couples and aiding any Christians who were being persecuted under Emperor Claudius in Rome, when helping them was considered a crime. Uh, Valentinus Valentinus, uh, was arrested and imprisoned. Claudius took a liking to this prisoner until Valentinus made a strategic error. He tried to convert the emperor, whereupon this priest was condemned to death. He was beaten with clubs and stoned, which, uh, and when that didn't do it, uh, he was beheaded outside the Flaminian Gate around 296. Now, saints aren't supposed to rest in peace. <laughs> They're expected to keep busy, to perform miracles, to intercede. Uh, being in jail or dead is no excuse for non-performance of the supernatural. One legend says that while awaiting his execution, Valentinus uh, restored the sight of his jailer's blind daughter. Another legend says that on the eve of his death, he penned a farewell note to the jailer's daughter, signing it from your Valentine. St. Valentine was a priest martyred in 296, I'm sorry, 269 in Rome and was buried on the Flaminian Way. He's the patron saint of the affianced couples, beekeepers, engaged couples, epilepsy, fainting greetings, happy marriages, love lovers, plague travelers, young people. He must be very busy. (laughs) He is represented in pictures with birds and roses. So that's a little bit more about St. Valentine, who this mysterious St. Valentine is. And of course, as it mentioned, uh, there were actually many St. Valentines, and uh, a lot of this is probably more legend than fact, and that's that's okay because it still kind of brings across the truth the truth which uh, is the fact that love is the most powerful power on earth and that love really, when it, when it comes down to it, love is a decision. Love is a choice. It's not just that romantic feeling that we feel, which is ironic when you think about it because Valentine's Day is often associated with that what? That loving feeling, right? So when we think of uh, Valentine's Day, we have that association, I guess, with a feeling of love. Uh, But when we recall that it is actually a saint, right, Saint Valentine, that, I would imagine, could help us to remember that love is more than a feeling. Feelings are great, and and being in love is great, but love is more than a feeling. And, I mean, we see the perfect perfect picture of that. Just, Just look at a crucifix, you know? That is love. God is love. And what does love do? Love is complete and total self gift. So, uh, maybe a good thing to remind ourselves of that, to think of that today as we celebrate Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day. And uh, romance is awesome. I love romance, uh, but but love is more than romance. So praise God for that. You know, it's funny too, when I was looking this, uh, this up, looking up things about St. Valentine, I came across uh, this little clip here, this little, this little poem. Of course, it's one of these old, you know, roses are red, violets are blue things. 
someone made this comment on a post about St. Valentine on a blog entitled uh, The Deacon's Bench, and I just thought this was really funny. Roses are red, onions are odious. It used to be St. Valentine, now it's Saints Cyril and Methodius. Oh, we can move, but standing around won't gain us any ground. We can fight, or we can move. So tie your cord, please help us, Lord, we're fighting this for you. Well, I had the pleasure this past week uh, to connect via Skype with a longtime Twitter friend, Justin Combs, and I met on Twitter well over a year ago, I believe, and uh, Justin and his wife, Cassandra, are both Catholic educators. And as I mentioned earlier, Justin is one half of the band called The Jacob's Well Experience. Let's take a listen to our conversation. Well, folks, I am very excited to welcome our guest today. You know, this is a friend of mine that I, uh, goodness gracious, it was social media. Thank goodness for social media. We met probably uh, over a year ago now via Twitter, social media, and uh, this is a great guy. I am so happy to welcome Justin Combs on the show today. Welcome, Justin. How you doing? Uh, doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Well, Justin, who, you know, is some folks are going to probably wonder, well, who is Justin Combs? Who is this guy? Now, I've known you over the last year or so, but our folks here listening may not know who you are, so would you mind introducing yourself just for a moment? Yeah, no problem. Uh, as you said, I'm Justin Combs. Uh, I am a Catholic teacher. I teach second and third grade in uh, Northwest Ohio, um, but I'm also a musician uh, and a speaker. Um, I do some some things on my own, but I'm half of a band called the Jacob's Well Experience. Um, we've been playing music um, together for about six years now, but under different uh, names. Uh, but since uh, 2009, around August of 2009, we've been together as the Jacob's Well Experience. Um, we've recently recorded a three-song EP and uh, have opened up for people like Jackie Francois, Matt Marr, uh, Chris Bray, uh, to name a few. That is awesome. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny listening to you. Um, it's kind of no wonder, really kind of no wonder that we hit it off the way we did. I mean, you being in Catholic education, being in music, which is really just ministry, mm -hmm. which is what I did for years and years. And, of course, I mean, you haven't said anything about this yet, but I know this from talking to you, that uh, you, you don't mind getting into the kitchen every now and then. Oh, I, I love, I love and love it in the kitchen. Uh, in fact, um, between my wife and I uh, cooking, I usually cook most of the meals and, and she will actually attest to that also. Uh, I'm not just making that up. But, oh, I love the cook. That is funny. You know, I remember about, uh, goodness, it was months ago now. Uh, I remember getting a tweet from you because we first met, I think, on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, I believe so. And I remember getting a tweet from you that you were making um, red beans and rice with alligator sausage yes now look at look at me I, i'm in the bayou state man I, I i'm in louisiana and i have never made 
anything with alligator sausage. I was so jealous. My hair was falling out. It's unreal. You know, mine did that too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I obviously I didn't get the alligator up in Northwest Ohio. Um, I have a, a cousin um, down in South Carolina, and her husband uh, is an avid hunter and fisherman, and uh, he had uh, hunted some gator down there, and uh, he always, he loves to share his meat. Uh, uh, gator and, and other wild game with us, um, my brothers and I. So uh, we had a wild game feast at my brother's house, and uh, I wound up with the gator sausage. And uh, I had never made red beans and rice before, so I figured I might as well do it upright. So I uh, used that gator meat, and it turned out, excuse me, turned out really well. Yeah, I, re- I remember you saying that your wife really liked it, huh? Yeah, in fact, uh, I think we made it again the next week. Um, for our no meat Friday, uh, without the meat. Um, and that was really good too. Uh, so the next time I make it, I can't wait to have some sausage in it. Well, I tell you what, I mean, you made me jealous. I know, <laughs> I know that I was telling everybody about, uh, what you were doing up there is crazy. Yeah. Those, I just, I love to try different things, love to cook. And, you know, I rarely use recipes either. Um, drives my wife nuts sometimes, drives me nuts sometimes. I, I hate it when I make something and it's so good and I go try to make it again and I have I can't remember how I did it. Oh, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Look, I'm telling you, uh, recipe writing is an art. And uh, matter of fact, I, I interviewed a chef and cookbook writer about a year and a half ago and she's written several cookbooks. Matter of fact, she's written most of Emerald Lagasse's cookbooks. And uh, we were talking about that. You know, most chefs, she said, now it's not me, I'm, I'm nobody, but she said most chefs could not write a recipe to save their lives. You know, it's just not something we do. Because think about it. I mean, a chef, if you're a musician. You, you know what it's like creating art. Yeah. You know, you're, you're playing, you're doing your thing, and, and you're just into it. You don't really stop and think about, oh, well, let me add a teaspoon of this and a you know, quarter teaspoon of that. You don't think about it. You just do what you do, and in this case, in the kitchen, and it's it's just good, and you're having fun. You know that's what a chef does. Yeah, but you're uh, having a great time. You're adding things, and then th- to stop and write it down, that that's you know you're taking away from your momentum there. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was. I told her. I said, you know, if I was gonna try to write recipes out like that, then I would have to like have my uh, recorder or something on me and record it as I do it. <laughs> Because I, I couldn't stop to write that kind of stuff down, you know? You try to remember, but when you go back and you're trying to remember the stuff, well, you know, it's kind of hard to do. I can imagine music has got to be something like that, huh? Is it similar or no? Oh, no, it's it's similar. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, I, you learn. I've learned all of the instruments that I play by ear mainly. Um, and then when I'm writing music, usually I, I come up with some type of... Uh, um, you know, a chord progression or a riff or something like that. And I don't write music down, you know, I don't write sheet music or anything like that. So I have to remember it. Or as soon as I get to a computer, I, I have to, you know, record it so that way I can hear it. Um, you know, but then when I'm writing out lyrics or something like that, I can write chords above it, things like that. But, you know, when, when I'm just sitting there writing, it's, it's usually, uh, you know, memory. And if I don't remember it when I, <laughs> you know, when I sit back down or have another, have a moment to actually write it down, um, if I don't remember it, you know, a lot of times it's gone. Or, or sometimes I'll come back and, and it'll be different than what I had originally uh, uh, played or wrote. That's kind of like kind of like a recipe there. E- exactly like it. You know, it's like you know my mom's sloppy Joe. I I love her sloppy Joes, and 
Uh, it's really simple, and she gave me all the ingredients, and every time I make it, it's different. But just like anything else my mom cooks, probably anyone's mother, whatever I do is never as good as hers, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny, too, thinking about that, because and especially in relation to music, um, I love music, and I love a, a variety of different um, uh, artists. Matter of fact, I think now that I'm thinking about this, I think you made a comment on something I said a while back on Twitter. I think I was listening to Nirvana yep. or something, <laughs> and you yep. said, "I don't think I'd, I, you know, I never would have thought you would say that." <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, when you brought that up, you know, I'm I'm 28 right now, and I'm just assuming that you're a few years older than I am. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. And I grew up. I was in middle school listening to Nirvana, and uh, you know, I remember when when the singer for Nirvana uh, passed away. And, you know, they were one of my favorite bands at the time. So when you said that you were listening to Nirvana, I was like, hold on a second. I, I used to listen to that when I was a kid. So, so, you know, we had that common ground right there again. Um, and in fact, today I was at the store and on my way out, I heard someone blasting Nirvana in their car. And it made me think of that moment. Because I knew you were uh, going to be meeting and talking tonight. Well, I thought I was kind of, I felt guilty after the fact. You know, I'm like, oh, man, you know, here I am. On Twitter and Facebook, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm listening to Nirvana, and and, and I've got a, a Catholic musician calling me on that." <laughs> I felt and, bad. You know, I, I think I believe it was that night that I sent you a link to download our 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 music, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. That's right. That's right. Thank you very much. By the way, that was uh, that was wonderful. No problem. But yeah, you know, I was you were that young. I mean, goodness gracious, I was uh, tending bar. I believe I was a bartender when Nirvana was big. And uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I could I could be wrong on the dates, but it kind of you know when you get as you get old like I am, you know, so old like me, it uh, it all kind of blends together. But uh, <laughs> it was it was uh, you know I just I love it. I mean, there's just something about it. And every once in a while, I have to have my old music. You know, I got to listen to the old like the the classic rock. I love classic rock. Some of the 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 kind of alternative stuff that came out in the '90s too. Uh, I just you know every once in a while, I just need to kind of. Let it rip, you know. Just no, I, I know what you're saying. You know, my wife and I, we we always kind of you know joked around about our parents' music and stuff like that. But now we completely understand what's ha what happened with them because you know we we don't understand what a lot of the newer newer people are saying in their music. We can't really relate to it. So we go back and we listen to a lot of stuff that we listened to when we were in high school. Um, you know, in fact, not a whole lot of people know this, but. One of my my loves in music is is hard rock. Um, that's what I loved when I was in high school. Luckily, um, I've been able to find a lot of great Christian uh, hard rock artists though to listen to nowadays because most of the stuff you know that I listened to when I was in high school doesn't really have a place in my life any, anymore. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of that stuff. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, some of the stuff I listen to, uh, there's just no there's just no place for it now. You know? Yeah. Now, I mean, some of it, though, from time to time I can listen to. Like, I'll, I'll listen to Nirvana or Pearl Jam or something like that every once in a while. Because that's, you know, I was in my 20s, I guess, when that stuff was uh, uh, kind of hitting the charts. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, but this, it's like every once in a while I'll do that, you know. But it's funny because I was thinking about it today, and, and, and you brought up the recipe and your mom's Sloppy Joe's and how... You know, it's kind of different, and almost every time you make it, it could be different. And it it reminds me of kind of like live music, because you know you can listen to um, 
a CD. You can get music off of iTunes. You can listen to, to groups play, and you get those songs stuck in your head, and you're driving around, singing along with it and, and all that. And, uh, but the, the fact is, when you have a live performance, it's not the same. It's really, oftentimes, it's not the same. Now, of course, if you're Millie Vanilli and you're lip-syncing the whole thing. <laughs> it's the same every time. Right, right? it's the same every time. You know? <laughs> but and I've got a really funny story about that. But, uh, but you know, I was thinking about one of the, the, the musicians I love, who is, is kind of irreverent from time to time, Jimmy Buffett. I love mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett. You know, Margaritaville and all that good stuff. I, mean, I, I think I'm kind of a, a pseudo parrot head. I'm not real sure, but I, I love his music. And uh, there was a song by Alan Jackson. I don't know if you know about this. Um, oh. It's Five O'Clock Somewhere is yeah. the name yeah. of the song. Well, he performed it live at one point, And during the course of the song, he says, you know, what would Jimmy Buffett say? Something along those lines. Well, Jimmy Buffett was there and he performed with him. And I was thinking, you know, my goodness, this is kind of like it is in the kitchen, because you, it's, it's kind of it's alive, it's 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 living, it's kind of a um, it's a performance. It's it, it, it's not the same every single time. You know what I mean? Oh, it, absolutely. There's chemistry there. There's activity. There, there's just all kinds of magic happening. That's really an awesome, awesome experience. I'm sure as a live musician, you've got to experience that on stage too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um- you know, I'm going to give you an example uh, with the Jacobswell experience when uh, Paul and I, uh, Paul Davis is, is uh, the other guy that plays with me. When we play for, you know, let's say adoration or something like that, you know, it's not on stage. Uh, we're usually behind, you know, uh, the kids if we're doing it for a youth group uh, or something. And, you know, we just go with whatever, whatever feeling is in the air, um, you know, whatever the spirit's kind of moving us with. We'll play a song and... You know, we just kind of use the music that's in front of us as a guideline. You know, it's you can do it in any order you want, you know, however you feel. And we've been playing together for six years now. And uh, <laughs> sometimes when we have other musicians come and play with us, they can't follow along with us because Paul and I, we, you know, we're on the same wavelength when it comes to the way that we play our music um, and how it changes. You know, one song can be, you know, totally different you know, in two different venues, uh, two different days that we play it. And you're right, it's just like the kitchen, you know. Uh, if, if you're making her, uh, something fantastic to eat, let me say uh, I have a chili that uh, my wife loved. I, I made a pumpkin chili one year. And, you know, I used nutmeg and, and allspice and things like that. In it. But if you don't have that available, you know, you, you got to compromise or you got to improvise and, you know, find something else to put in there. So, you know, you kind of... If you're not prepared for your recipe, you got to go try something else. You know, that's right. Change a little bit. That's right. It's it's it, and it kind of that that changes from time to time. It just it depends on what's going on. Yeah. Uh, well, that is fantastic. Now I have to ask you because you know I've thank you very much by the way for giving me permission to play some of your music uh, in this episode. I'm not, I'm not playing it at this very second, but sporadically throughout the episode, I'm gonna have some clips of the music playing. Uh, where does the Jacobs Well experience? Where's that name come from? What's 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 with that? You know, we get that question uh, quite a bit. Um, it, it actually kind of evolved uh, in a way. We we started. We thought uh, Jacobs Well sounded really great. In fact, it was Paul's wife who who uh, kind of hinted to the idea of that name. And 
you know, we thought it was a, a really cool name. So we started to call ourselves the Jacob's Well. And then we came to find out that evidently there's another band called the Jacob's Well that is selling CDs and on iTunes. So we figured oh, wow. <laughs> it might not be a good idea to keep that. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, we kind of let it evolve into, uh, the Jacob's Well experience. And if, if you think about the, the uh, gospel passage where Jesus uh, sits at the well with a Samaritan woman, uh-huh. you know, he crosses the boundaries of what a Jewish man was allowed to do uh, in those times. And, you know, he, he was unapologetic uh, as to, you know, breaking the, breaking the rules um, because, you know, he knew that woman. And the experience that she had there, you know, listening to Jesus uh, talk to her and, and just, you know, feeling that love and, and that experience that she had there is what we um, pray uh, may happen or, or at least start uh, something to happen in the people that hear the music that we play, that they can get that experience that that woman had, maybe that conversion experience, or maybe just, you know, get a slight inkling of, you know, there's something more in our music, there's something, you know, a message or, or a feeling, you know, the spirit moving. Uh, so that's where our name comes, uh, comes from. That's amazing. That really, I mean, that's one of my favorite stories. You know, she, she, that was a powerful life changing experience mm-hmm. that she had. And, and it wasn't just her, it was an entire village. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it had ramifications. Her meeting, her encounter, her experience of Jesus really impacted a lot of people. And yeah, that, cause you know, she went back and she shared it with her friends. Um, and you know, I'm sure it snowballed from there. That, that is just, uh, just amazing. So, uh, definitely, uh, a fantastic message. Uh, your music is awesome. I love it. Thank I'm you. A, I appreciate I'm a, that. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I am just so excited that over the last year or so that we've had a chance to, uh, chit chat and, and to uh, to get to know each other on uh, on Twitter and I mean social media. That's just the magic, I think, of social media. And we're just coming to see this. You know, uh, Pope Benedict with his recent letter mm-hmm. that that went out on uh, uh, for for Communications Day. Um, just the power of new technologies to really build community. And uh, you and I, I think, are examples of that. That's really amazing. Yeah, I agree. That is a, a total blessing. So. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. And uh, if folks want to visit you online, where should they go? Uh, they can find the Jacobswell Experience at thejacobswellexperience.com. Um, and if they go there, they can download our three-song EP for free. Awesome. Fantastic. And that's some of the music that they will hear on the show today. Uh, very exciting. Well, thank you again, Justin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Jeff. It's been my pleasure. God bless. You too. Thank you again, Justin, for taking the time to be on the show and for letting me play your music today. If you want to know more about Justin and Paul and the music they make, you can visit them at thejacobswellexperience.com. If you follow me on Twitter or if you're part of our community on Facebook at facebook.com slash catholicfoodie, then you may have heard that I was on TV last week. Focus TV interviewed me a few weeks back, and that interview finally hit the digital waves last week. The Focus program is broadcasted in 17 different markets throughout the United States, and it's also available online. You can find the full episode at FocusTVOnline.com. The name of the episode is Food Meets Faith. 
So, what was the interview about? Well, uh, they wanted to know about me, my faith journey, and how the Catholic foodie came about. I shared several stories from high school and college, from my pilgrimage to Medjugorje when I was a teenager, and from my years living in Mexico with Mother Teresa's priests. If you haven't seen it, you may want to catch it while you can. I don't know how long it'll be online, but it can be found now at FocusTVOnline.com. You might have to scroll down the page, uh, depending on when you actually listen to this particular episode of the podcast. Uh, But here's a little clip from the interview to whet your appetite. Food plays a remarkable role in the daily routine of our lives. Whether we make time to eat with our families or hit the drive-thru on the way to doing something else, food and how we approach it has the extraordinary power to unite us with others and nurture our connection to the divine. Can food be a sign to us of God's love and care for each of us and our families? Is there sanctity waiting to be discovered in a thing so simple and yet so divine as food? Food also affects one's psyche and spirit. With the Catholic Foodie, we take a look at how the human spirit is fueled when food meets faith. Can being Catholic also be about good food, good wine, and celebrating life? Our guest today, Jeff Young, also known as the Catholic Foodie, says that good food can be sacramental. Jeff, welcome to Focus. Thank you. You have a really interesting background and a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I really want to start with your, your background as a young guy. Did you always think, I love God and I love being Catholic, or was that something you grew into? Well, it, it happened early on. Uh, when I was 16, as a matter of fact, 15, 16, I heard about Medjugorje. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, everybody knows about Fatima. Yeah, that's... Happened a long time ago, though, and especially as a teenager. That's so that's just a little clip there. That was the opening, the intro of uh, the episode. Uh, again, you can find it over at FocusTVOnline.com. And uh, what was really cool, the way they, they pulled this together, is, uh, you know, I had sent them some pictures. They just asked, you know, do you have pictures from when you were in Mexico with Mother Teresa's priest? Do you have pictures of this, that, and the other? And so I just sent them, you know, I just, actually, I just sent them a link to my uh, Flickr account, uh, so they could go and see the the pictures that were there that I had already uploaded uh, from Mexico and various various other things. So uh, they they went and pulled some of those things. They they made it into a um, well, it's a TV show, right? So you've got I'm being interviewed by uh, Lisa Flood, and uh, they just did a fantastic job bringing this all together and, and making it into a, 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 a cohesive whole. You know, a, a whole episode with the pictures and everything else. They had a little uh, some video footage there that uh, from that I shot of my daughter, my youngest daughter Grace, stirring a crawfish pot a few years back, about a year ago, I guess, uh, last season, and of course eating crawfish and kind of dancing around. I thought that that was really cool. I must have had that on Flickr and totally forgot about it. <laughs> so it was just neat to see how they they brought it all together. Fantastic job, uh, FocusTVOnline.com. And if you do catch it, please do let me know. What you think? I, I know I've had several people contact me already and, and told me that they saw the episode, they really enjoyed it, and uh, made comments on something that I may have said or whatever. And uh, I was very impressed by that, very humbled, but, but also very edified. And so that really uh, that really kind of helped you know boost up my uh, my 
my spirits there. So if you do, please do, if you do watch it, please do let me know what you think. I would love to know what you think about the show. Now, another friend is joining us today. We had Justin on just a bit ago. Now we have Sarah Reinhard coming up with her Mary in the Kitchen segment. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And this is Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhard. <laughs> my kids have changed my mind about a lot of things, and one of them is Valentine's Day. I used to roll my eyes at the idea of it. I used to poo-poo it and call it a Hallmark holiday. One year, I got my husband a card, and he looked at me in confusion. But we don't do Valentine's Day, he protested, which is exactly why it was fun to surprise him with a card I had written myself. My six-year-old loves Valentine's Day. Here is her chance to decorate and draw using her very favorite shape, a heart. There's wisdom in that. I think Mary must have been that sort of person. The kind that embraced things and made them enjoyable by virtue of her enthusiasm for them. I think she must have used the talents she had, maybe for baking special treats or listening to someone's troubles, and made them lovely by virtue of sharing them. Valentine's Day has been transformed for me, thanks to my six-year-old. I now see it as a chance to share the best part of myself with the people I love. It has become a way of expressing my love through the work I do, even the thankless tasks and humdrum duties I might not like that much. Though I like my kitchen, I still don't like cooking. But you know what? Valentine's Day is a reminder to me as I look at Mary, that I don't have to like the things that show people I love them. Thank you so much, Sarah. Beautiful message. You can find more of Sarah Reinhard over at snoringscholar.com. And you know, when I think of uh, Valentine's Day, too, I think of saints, I think of uh, love, I think of beauty, I think of uh, uh, things that, 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 like gifts, if you give gifts, and uh, which reminds me also of Simplicities of Life over at simplicitiesoflife.com. Kobe and Cassie Thomas, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about them on the show before. Uh, we actually had them on the show not that long ago, just a few episodes back. Uh, they do some fantastic work, beautiful rosaries, beautiful religious jewelry, uh, things that are just the Im impeccable quality, excellent stuff. If you haven't gone to, to visit their website yet, you need to go check it out, please. Simplicitiesoflife.com. You don't know what you're missing, especially now. Uh, Valentine's Day is, is here, and uh, tomorrow will be gone. But guess what? Spring is here. You've got uh, First Communion coming up, First Reconciliation coming up. Lots of weddings take place in the spring. So if you are in a position where you need to get a gift for someone, what an incredible thing to do, to give them not only something that is beautiful, but something that is filled with deep spiritual meaning. So uh, rosaries, beautiful rosaries, and religious jewelry, simplicitiesoflife.com. When you go visit, tell them, that, uh, tell them I sent you. to the 
We're moving toward the end of the show today, and since it's Valentine's Day, I want to make sure that I spread the love. There are lots of great folks out there doing great work, and I'd like to highlight a few of them right here. Of course, we've already heard from Sarah Reinhardt and from Justin Combs. We also talked about Dean Faulkner and the work of the folks over at DivineOffice.org, but here are a few others. Have you heard about it yet? If you're Catholic and you've consumed any type of media the last week or so, then you must have heard about it. I'm talking about the new Confession app for the iPhone. It was developed by Little iApps. And uh, Benjamin Mann of the Catholic News Agency reported the following today. Sales of Little iApps' new iPhone confession application have exceeded the developer's expectations, with the program rising to the top of Apple's lifestyle application charts and even drawing the interest of those outside of the Catholic Church. Several Protestant uh, ministers have recommended our app, Little iApps co-founder and developer Ryan Krieger told CNA on February 14th. Those recommendations may have played a part in raising Confession, a Roman Catholic app, to the number one spot in the lifestyle section of the Apple's of Apple's I, uh, App Store, a position that is it, it has held since February 9th. The program, which also runs on an iPad or an internet-enabled iPod, is currently among Apple's top 100 total applications. The response that we've gotten from non-Catholics, from our Protestant brothers in Christ, as well as those outside the Christian faith, has been largely positive, said Krieger. Some of that outside interest comes from a desire to understand what Catholics believe in practice, but Krieger noted that non-Catholics may find its moral evaluation personally useful. The examination of conscience portion gives anyone an opportunity to consider, how am I doing in my walk with God? Catholics believe that seriously immoral acts must be confessed to a priest in accordance with Jesus granting his apostles the power to forgive or retain sins on his behalf. However, the church also acknowledges the genuine value of sincere repentance even among those who do not accept this important teaching. Initially, some media reports on Little iApp's product created confusion about this teaching by giving the impression that the app was a substitute for confessing to a priest. On February 9th, Vatican spokesman Father Federico Lombardi clarified that the developers had always made clear that the program was intended for use in the context of a proper sacramental confession with priestly absolution. That misunderstanding, Krieger said, had actually provided a further opportunity opportunity to explain the sacrament of confession to non-Catholics. The clarification has also served to help lapsed or confused members of the church understand the value of going to confession. We think that the statement by the Vatican, which we stand 100% behind, is great, Krieger stated. It gives people an opportunity to talk about confession in a public forum. That's always a great thing and a teaching moment. Plenty of Catholics are hearing the message and realizing they are long overdue for a visit. People have emailed us saying they hadn't been to confession in 20 or 30 years and were afraid to go back. But then they went because our app made it a less scary experience. Krieger said he and his fellow developers, Patrick and Chip Lennon, were extremely humbled by these reports. Confession, a Roman Catholic app, is the first iPhone app to receive an imprimatur, signifying the official approval from a Catholic bishop, in this case, Bishop Kevin C. Rhodes, 
of Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana. Although this step seems unusual, Krieger considers it in keeping with Catholic tradition. If you think back to the first book ever printed on a printing press by Gutenberg, it was a Bible, he noted. The church has had a long and rich history of embracing technologies for deepening of spiritual life and evangelization. He hopes that little IAP's future products will help to bring all of the beauty and richness of the Catholic faith into this new and very interactive world of technology. Wow. I'll say that again. It comes from, this is from Benjamin Mann, and it's uh, from the Catholic News Agency, catholicnewsagency.com. The uh, title of this article, Chart-Topping Confession App Draws Catholic and Non-Catholic Interest. Excellent. Uh, in addition to this particular piece, because it's been in the media, it's been all over the place, right? They were on like CNN and MSNBC, and they, they were just all over in the media, not just online. But in addition to uh, that type of media, in addition to that type of coverage, my good friend Lisa Hindi of CatholicMom.com and also the Catholic Moments podcast interviewed Patrick Lennon, uh, who is the developer of the Confession app, or one of the, the developers of that app. You can find that episode at CatholicMoments.com or on iTunes, and you can also find the Catholic Moments podcast featured over at SQPN.com. I bought that app after uh, listening to the interview uh, with uh, with Lisa Hendy, and I tell you, I'm really impressed with it. I think it's like a dollar ninety nine on at the uh, the app store on iTunes, and I really fell in love with it. I, I used it for the first time this past weekend. Very cool app, and there's so much that I could say about it, but I know that there's just so much that's already been said about it, and we're running out of time. So uh, you can go check out Catholic Moments uh, podcast to get the interview with Patrick. Uh, or again, I'll have more links in the show notes that'll take you to more information about uh, Confession, a Roman Catholic app. I'd also like to give a shout out to Christy Martin, who is a friend and a blogger over at gardenofholiness.blogspot.com. She recently posted an article entitled Cooking in the Garden. When I saw that post, I was humbled to discover that apparently something I had said inspired her to write it. Uh, you may remember that a few months ago I was a featured or I was featured as a guest blogger at faithandfamilylive.com and one of my posts there is called uh, the best kept secret of the kitchen in which I talked about cooking as a charism or as a gift of the spirit something I said in an article spoke to Christy and she took that that thought and built upon it she built on that and uh, it's just amazing how God can use us to do good things, even when we have no idea that he's doing it. So <laughs> very, very cool. You can find Christy's post over at gardenofholiness.blogspot.com. And thank you very much, Christy, and thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for uh, working good things through us, even when we don't know that you're doing so. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? All right, folks, as we wrap it up today, I want to remind you to head over to divineoffice.org and to vote, to vote, because this is something that will give lots of exposure to our rich and, and deep uh, Catholic prayer traditions, right? The Liturgy of the Hours, the Word of God. It's a fantastic ministry. 
we need to go and to help just just vote every day. It takes like 60 seconds literally to vote in those different categories and, uh, and, and just vote for them. And let's get the message out there. It'll help drive more traffic, which hopefully the, the whole point of that, I mean, it's not like it's, it's there to, to make money. The whole point of that is to expand this tradition, to expand the community of prayer, to bring more people closer to God. That, that's what we're talking about, trying to bring more people closer to God. So please do help out with that. Go to divineoffice.org. Follow that link to the about.com Reader's Choice Awards and, uh, and vote for all the good work that, uh, that the folks at divineoffice.org are doing. Please visit also my friends, uh, uh, Kessie and Kobe Thomas over at Simplicities of Life. Uh, they have some fantastic, fantastic stuff going on too, simplicitiesoflife.com, and let them know that you heard it from me. They're good friends over there, simplicitiesoflife.com. Also, I want to know about, uh, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Uh, you know, we've got two big things coming up. Of course, I mean, big things for me, big things for us. Mardi Gras is coming up in just a few weeks. Mardi Gras is coming up, and that's a big celebration down here in New Orleans. And I was thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about Mardi Gras over the next couple of episodes, but I want to hear from you. What do you want to know? What do you want to hear about regarding Mardi Gras? What can we talk about here on the show that you would like about Mardi Gras? You have a question? Is there something interesting, something that's puzzling to you, something you don't understand? Let me know. Uh, call me. Leave me voice feedback. 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. You can always post a question, too, on the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. Or in addition to Mardi Gras, we also have Lent coming up. I've got a lot of good things cooking here, <laughs> a lot of good things cooking for Lent, and I can't wait to share those with you, but I want to know what you would like to hear, so please do let me know, 985-635-4974 or jeff at catholicfoodie.com. And until next time, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.